We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And... Homestretch, Max! Homestretch! You know how, like, every season of Once Upon a Time, not even season, every story arc of Once Upon a Time starts out really strong, and then it has a dip, and you're like, oh my god, when is this gonna end? And then it really, really picks up right at the end. I do know that, yeah. I appreciate that they're not doing this with the last season. Oh, burn. Burn on Once Upon a Time. I guess they have one episode left, but... Yeah, the next episode could just get really, really awesome. I suppose that is possible, but so I, I, I want to talk, before we get into this episode, I want to talk a little bit about fan service. Okay, great. Alright, so what do you think of when you hear the word fan service? Well, so I think of either scantily clad women, mm-hmm. or like the Veronica Mars movie, which is... A which, perfect example. And by the way, I love the Veronica Mars movie. I spent an irresponsible amount of money on that Kickstarter, so I'm exactly the person it was pitched to, and I was like, this is awesome, and no one who doesn't like Veronica Mars could possibly have an entry point to this. It's just a bunch of callbacks and references and, like, payoffs for all of the minutia that you know. Yeah, I feel like this episode is trying really, really hard to be that second form of fan service where it's just rewarding people who've stuck with the show for a really long time by doing the stuff that they really want to see, even if it doesn't particularly make sense, and failing at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, put a pin in that because I have a really great example of how they fail at this to point out when we get there. All right. So we should get... uh. We should get this ball rolling. We are on the penultimate episode, season seven, episode 21, Home... Homecoming. All right, so previously on, what could they possibly put on the previously on? They've thrown out literally everything that happened this season to do the plot for the last couple episodes. Well, the previously on is basically just last episode, where Henry broke the curse by kissing Regina's forehead... And Wish vs. Rumpelstiltskin showed up to kill Baron Samdi and be like, Ha ha! I am the villain for the last two episodes, apparently. Literally nothing that happened this season mattered. Yep. Like, yep. the only important things about this season were Henry has a family that can be held hostage, and... Alice is the guardian, the one person who can undo the dark oneness. Well, the previously on doesn't even tell you that Alice is the guardian. This episode, you will notice, doesn't even acknowledge that Alice is the guardian before it gets rid of the idea of the guardian. So that doesn't even matter. Yeah, the finale of this season is basically, hey, look, literally nothing that happened this season mattered. That's... Such a bad note to end a season on. The finale of this season is like, hey, wouldn't this have been a cool story if we had done this instead? So, 
we open the episode proper on the iconic Once Upon a Time shot. Yes, the prince racing on horseback to wake up his sleeping beloved. Hmm. Yes. Although this time, oh my god, the prince on horseback is not David, as it has been the last three times we've seen this. It's Henry, which... Henry Classic. Henry Classic, which is the cool kind of fan service you were talking about, by the way. I like his outfit, too. He's got this kind of Game of Thronesy aesthetic. Yeah, it's funny. They gave him the big furry cape so that from the back you thought it was the same footage again, but then when you see him from the front, he's wearing... He's wearing more of the outfits that they had in later seasons of Once Upon a Time where it seemed like you could actually go fight a medieval battle in it. Yeah, he's got that, like, chainmail armor dicky thing. Yeah, the collar. The chainmail collar to protect him. Yeah. So, Henry rides up to the sleeping princess on a pedestal in a cave only to encounter a dragon. Who may or may not be Lily. We don't know. He takes a fireball to the face like a fucking champ. Yeah, well, he probably has some sort of magical protection on him. Yeah, because the dragon breathes fire, and he's like, he just kind of waves it off, and then some other dude goes and kills it somehow. Yeah, I'm unclear how the dragon is killed. It rears back like it's going to attack Henry. He's ready to fight it, and then it just falls down dead, and there's some dude in a much sexier leather doublet behind Henry. And he's like, hey, thanks for keeping her warm for me kisses her and she wakes up and she's like oh henry you're here neat no no it's actually more devastating than that she's like oh henry's here i love henry he's like a brother to me yeah it's pretty on the nose (laughs) yeah it really really is it's nice that you came to rescue me as a friend but this guy and i apparently had true love and So I'm going to go bang him now. Great seeing you, though. Thumbs up. And Henry's just kind of standing there awkwardly to the side. Yeah, it's super awkward. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I hate this. Oh, yeah. It's awful. I hate all of this. I hate every last bit of this so, so much. I'm going to go ahead and spoil for the end of this episode that this is actually Wishverse Henry. Hmm. And that we learn that this is how Wishverse Henry got red-pilled and became an incel? I hate it. A lot. Okay. What's the opposite of fan service? Okay, see, but... This is fan disservice. The swerve is weird, though. Because Rumple shows up. Rump- Dark one Rumple. Dark one Rumple. Wishverse Rumple. And he's like, I came here from the Wishverse too." Yeah, I mean, this is Wishverse Henry. It's like they're trying to lead you, because my first thought was, oh, this is Wishverse Henry. And then Dark One Rumpel appears uh, to, like, you know, lead Henry down the wrong path now that he's been heartbroken. And he says to him, I came from the Wishverse. And so me watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't Wishverse Henry. But then we learn at the end, it was Wish vs. Henry. So this is literally just like that episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda's like, where Linda is doing the murder mystery dinner theater and she's like, now the murderer could be anyone, but it's not me. And then at the end of the play, she's like, oh, looks like the murderer was me. And the woman in the audience was like, that's not a twist. You just lied to us. Yeah. Which is by far the most useful gif I think I've ever seen. A lie is not a twist. Yes! Anyway, this is a lie. This is a lie. 
Rumpelstiltskin says he came from the Wishverse, even though they're still in the Wishverse. Although, I mean, I guess Henry could be traveling to... You know what? No, no, I'm not going to try to justify it. It's it's terrible. I'm not going to justify it. Anyway, he tells Henry that he's there to make a deal, and he's going to give Henry his happy beginning, middle, and end. And Henry's like, no, fuck you. I know who you are. I'm a prince. I don't literally need anything from you. I do like how the dragon breathed so much fire on him, and the only effect it had was a little scar over his eyebrow. Okay, so I assume that he knew he was going to fight a dragon and had, like, taken a potion of fire and vulnerability or something, but that the force of the fire, the concussive force of the fire, blew him back. We, we know it did. We saw that happen. And he, like, scratched his eye on, like, a rock or something. Yeah, I was thinking maybe he banged his head on the uh, roof of the cave when he was leaving. Although now that I'm looking at it, it does look more like a burn than a scratch. But honestly, that's the least of our problems with this scene. So Rumple's like, you need to do me a favor, dearie. I can get you what you want. I can get you that happy ending that pretty girls are denying you. And God, I hate this. Yeah, and Henry's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm just gonna, you know, go find my own happy ending myself. And Rumple's like, we'll see. We'll see. Then we cut to Hyperion Heights. And everyone is in Ronnie's bar celebrating the defeat of the villain, much like they used to do in Grannies at the end of seasons. You know what this really... I mean, I know they're doing this as a fan service thing, that this is supposed to call back memories of the previous, especially season one, but of previous times the curse has been broken. Uh-huh. But I think this really pulls into sharp relief how much of an established place Storybrooke was versus how much of an established place Hyperion Heights is. That's true. Hyperion Heights being a neighborhood in Seattle that you actually could leave and come to, it doesn't have, weird since it's a real place, doesn't have the same feeling of being a character the way Storybrooke did. Like, the main street of, like, I could... I could find my way around Storybrooke. Well, it also has the issue that Storybrooke felt like a community in ways that Hyperion Heights never had. We knew the residents of Storybrooke. Well, we touched on that last week about how characters in this season aren't allowed to interact with each other in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, and there are basically no side characters in this season. Like, the cop... The one cop, the one uniformed officer who does stuff, the one who got brainwashed by Mother Gothel, we, he wasn't anyone. In, you know, original recipe, Once Upon a Time, he would have been someone. He would have been a fairy tale character. We would have learned something about him, but that didn't happen. Well, you know who comes to prominence in this episode? Remy the Rat? You remember Remy? He had, like, three lines about... 20 episodes ago well and they said his name and you and i discussed whether or not he was meant to be remy and in this episode he does like this weird sniff thing that's like oh okay yeah he is supposed to be a rat like that's the confirmation but like first season of once upon a time you had granny you had the dwarves you had red you had all of these people who had their own storylines uh i don't want to go back to how Season one benefited from having a bunch of Monster of the Week style episodes. Well, I don't think it's just the Monster of the Week, which, you know what, go back to that because that would have made this season better. And also, I think the fact that it abandoned its structure of here's a fairy tale flashback, here's what's going on in Storybrooke that relates to that, 
that also had us lose a lot of characters because we didn't get to see people in their fairy tale personas and then also here and get to see that contrast. It wasn't a thing. Dr. Whale, Dr. Hopper, Storybrooke felt lived in because we got to know characters through spotlight episodes, which is not something, honestly, later seasons of Once Upon a Time did, but also this season. Yeah, well, I mean, later seasons had already populated the town, so they didn't need it as much. Yeah. Yeah, if they were going to do a full reboot like they did, they needed to go back to that. But here they are. At a party, at Ronnie's, and I just have to say, the buffet she has laid out on the bar, it's, like, so carb-heavy, and it looks delicious. Like, a whole big thing of mashed potatoes, and a thing of roll. I'm hungry. I'm hungry right now talking about it. So, Henry is reconnecting with Lucy and Jacinda. He got Jacinda the special curse-breaking drink called the Yeehaw Gothel's Dead. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie's making a special drink behind the bar called a Weed Killer, and it's just like, too soon, Ronnie. Too soon. Also, speaking of fan service, he brings Lucy a mug of hot cocoa with cinnamon. Mm. So Also, the weed killer has a plant sprig in it that does not look... Eh, maybe it's mint. I was going to say it doesn't look edible and you shouldn't put non-edible things in drinks like that, but I don't know. Maybe it's mint. So, uh, Tilly and Robin... I guess Alice and Robin now? Yep, Alice and Robin Jr. Bring a bunch of Sabine's beignets because I guess she's still making them even though she knows that she's a queen now. She's stress cooking in her apartment as we will see later. Mm. Also, I want to point out that even though Regina created the weed killer drink, she's not drinking that. She's drinking uh, the poisoned apple drink we saw earlier, the red drink with the uh, the apple on it. Alice talks about how everything's wrapping up neatly and how everything's good and how they shouldn't have to worry about anything else now that everything is perfect forever. We certainly don't have enough plot for two more episodes, says Alice. Although they're stuck in such an awkward place if you think about it. I mean, are they just going to have to hang around until their present day counterparts age out of being there? Uh, I... Yeah... I don't know. It's weird. That is weird. I mean, I guess they can go start their own lives and you can have like two overlapping people. I don't know. I don't know. So Henry asks Regina where Hook is and she's like, oh, he went to the hospital because of his heart thing with Alice. Yeah. So last episode when they were like grasping hands and we were like, oh, okay, so I guess he's magically cured. Turns out he wasn't magically cured. He just like endured the pain. For a while okay uh, whatever whatever nah. but then we do cut to hook on the street i guess he's been released from the hospital and he's going back to his apartment and he gets a phone call and the phone call is from tilly who is standing across the street because the curse is still active apparently apparently i i uh... <sighs> And Hook's all like, don't worry, though, now that we have our memories back, we'll fix the curse. And also, now that we're in modern day, we can just call each other on cell phones and stand across the street from each other. Although, in a way, that feels like it makes things worse, but, you know, whatever. And he calls her Starfish, which is a really bad nickname for your daughter, but whatever. What are you going to do? They're basically sea anuses. Yeah. Yeah. So, they do the kind of awkward catch-up thing, and it just sort of pulls into relief how... There really isn't enough plot to justify two more episodes of this. 
I mean, they make up a whole new plot, but imagine if the plot for the next two episodes had just been trying to cure Hook. That would have been truly, truly terrible. It's too bad Baron Samdi's dead. He could have just crushed a glass shoe. I was thinking that they fixed that with, like, just a hand wave, but apparently, no, Alice isn't allowed to be happy. Also, like... I know this isn't consistent at all, but shouldn't that spell have been broken when Gothel died? Although I guess technically she's still alive, she's just a tree now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm concerned that he's holding the phone with his hand that he doesn't have. Yeah, he is using his gloved hook hand to hold the phone. And I mean, huh. I always presumed that the gloved hand was an artificial hand and he had a glove on it so that it didn't look awkwardly fake but he's, he's moving it as though it's a real hand, even though later in this episode he's going to put a hook on. So, uh... I think, I think what we're learning in this scene is that Hook in Hyperion Heights has both hands, and he just wears the glove as an affectation. God. So... So, meanwhile, back at the party, Regina mentioned that she hasn't talked to Baron Samdi and nobody really knows what's up with him. So she heads to his apartment to see, you know, what's up. Spoiler alert, he is dead as hell. Yes, although his dead body is not in the apartment, I will note. She does find Rumple's You Were the Adventure the whole time. Book. Just kind of laying out there, the pictures scattered about. And then she sees the water feature in Samdi's apartment and she realizes that there's something off about the water feature. And so she, like, uses her magic to disappear it. And it turns out that Rumpel, like Weaver, has been bound and gagged and locked inside behind the facade of the water feature. Wow, is that extra. That's a lot of work for Wish vs. Rumpel to do. But I guess considering what his plan is, it makes sense. So Regina's like, oh my god, did Facilier do this to you? And Rumpel's like, no, he's dead. Wish verse Rumple is here and he's here to fuck shit up. And Regina's like, oh crap, this is kind of on me. I was actually just gonna say that she never brings it up, but this is all her fault. She created the wish verse. Not great. Not, not, I mean, not I know great. the evil version of her created it, but the evil version of her was a part of her and it She created the evil version of her, so Yeah. And I know, like, you're not responsible for like something your kid did and that would be a person you created but i mean to some extent you are and also she put the evil version of her back in her so the part of her that was responsible for this is i mean she put part of her evil self back in here they like they both equalized god, god. so back in henry's apartment lucy has these cupcakes and she brought them because they missed so much and they missed at least one birthday and so they're all going to make wishes on these cupcakes. And actually, here's where I want to pull the pin out. All right. Because she did that. Lucy brought out the cupcakes. She put the candles in it. She was like, let's make a wish. And I was like, oh, it's nice symmetry because the show opened with Emma blowing out the wish on her candle. And then Henry showed up and the whole thing started. And now it's ending with them making a wish on the candle. Nice, nice show. And then Henry says... You know, this whole story started with Emma making a wish on a birthday candle. And I was like, fuck you, show. I know that. You ruined it by explaining it. Yeah. If this it... show has total disdain for its audience. 
you can't do fan service and then act like your fans aren't going to remember the stuff that you're clearly trying to pull the nostalgia strings for. Especially the, like, fundamental things. Ugh. So... Listen, we've been watching BH90210, which, if you're not aware of, is a show where a fictionalized version of the actors from Beverly Hills 90210 try to get a revival of 90210 going. And let me tell you, that show does not explain any of its fan service. It just expects you to know, like, let Donna Martin graduate. It doesn't hold your hand. It's really sad that you're negatively comparing Once Upon a Time to BH90210. I know, I know. Well, maybe Once Upon a Time should look inward. Also, side note, it's really funny that they used up the name 90210 without the Beverly Hills for the reboot, so now they had to go with BH90210. God. I like how they're just ignoring the reboot. I was going to say it's hilarious how much Shannon Doherty doesn't want to be there. Oh, yeah. I've never heard her real voice before. Like, I feel like I've seen her in stuff that wasn't Charmed, but the voice she uses in Charmed is apparently not her real voice. Maybe she's just older. I mean, this is like 20 years later. I wouldn't expect her to go higher pitched, though. I think maybe she's trying to sound nicer. Oh, I could see that. A lot of the show seems to be dedicated to Shannon Doherty being actually a really nice person, guys. Yeah, I wonder if that was in her contract. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about Shannon Doherty once we wrap up this Once Upon a Time nonsense when we start. Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Start some charmed nonsense. Yeah, let me tell you, we will be, we will be wishing for the days of Once Upon a Time when we get deep into Charmed. I don't know, uh, Charmed may have had two actors straight up not show up for their last episode, but at least they could commit to a plot. Yeah, kind of. well, well, we'll see when we get there. Charmed had some difficulty with Big Bads, though. It did also drop plots. I mean, let's talk about Chris and how obviously the original plot was not for him to be their son. How bad is this episode that we're talking about, Chris? This episode of Once Upon a Time is so bad that to avoid talking about it, we're talking about the Chris plot of Charmed. Speaking of disappearing children, Ella and, uh... Jacinda completely vanish as soon as Henry blows out his candle. Well, I mean, all three blow out their candles, and the two of them disappear. Also, nice segue! Thank you. Yes, so apparently Henry was wishing that this season didn't happen. Oh! Yeah, no, that's not what happened. Wish vs. Rumple shows up behind him and is like, Haha, you made a wish, and by making a wish, you opened a portal to the Wish Verse, I guess, and I was able to kidnap your family. And now, you must do what I say... Or else I have your family. Ha 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 ha. He says it's ironic that Henry brought, like, by making a wish, Henry gave him the ability to come to this realm. And I'm like, I don't That's think not that, what ironic means. That's not irony. I mean, unless he was wishing that the Dark One energy dissipated, but the act of making a wish allowed the Dark One to have access to him. Then it would be ironic. Or if he was wishing that his family would stay together forever. Yeah. So I guess depending on what Henry was wishing, it might be ironic. So what Wish vs. Rumple wants is for Henry to steal regular Rumple's dagger, and then he'll have twice as much power, I guess. No, no, no. Wish vs. Rumple knows that Rumple, 
Rumple Classic is trying to find and Wish First Rumple says some sort of guardian, ignoring the fact that we know the guardian is Alice. Yeah. To take the power out of the dagger, ignoring the fact that we know that he decided not to do that because he didn't want to inflict that on Alice. Yeah, he didn't want her to have the power she already has. I... Whatever. Mm. According to Wishverse Rumple, destroying that dagger will destroy the Dark One's powers across all realms. So if that dagger's destroyed, then this Dark One will lose his powers too. So he wants Henry to get that dagger so they can stop Rumple Classic from destroying the power of the Dark One. I don't see how that would be the case there seems to be no reason that that would be the case this is not the one that jetly movie yeah the jetly movie where things that happened to your alternate version self like affected you and your version we have never ever seen things that affect a person in their realm affect their counterpart in another realm i mean i guess Wish first Hook heard that message that Henry was trying to send to Hook Classic back in, like, the second episode. But that's because he had a magical uh, bottle that collected messages, and Henry just sent a message to Hook. Yeah, that's because he wasn't specific. That's like when the woman at work who has my same first initial and my same last name but spelled slightly differently gets emails for me. Yeah. Things I do don't affect her, but sometimes she gets my emails. But this is apparently the plot. Dark One, Wish First Rumple, does not want to lose his power, so he's going to take Rumple Classic's dagger and make sure that the Guardian doesn't kerplode it. Question mark, question mark, profit. He reminds Henry, except remind isn't the right word, that he offered him a deal before and Henry refused him, but Henry doesn't remember it. So, here again, Wish First Rumple is flat out telling us that this Henry is the Henry from the pre credit sequence, except that's not true, and the reason he doesn't remember it is because it wasn't him. I'm so mad. When will the lies stop, Max? So, Hook and Regina are toasting... Hook, Regina, and Rumple are toasting to their new common enemy, Dark One Rumple. Yeah, they're in the evidence locker, which is what we have instead of a pawn shop. Which is weird, because that means that instead of going to Rumple's shop, which would have made sense, they're all, like, walking into the police station with rum and being like, Don't mind us, we're just gonna go get drunk in the evidence locker filled with all sorts of evidence and probably lots of illegal drugs. Nothing to look at here! A lot of this episode is just pointing out why this episode doesn't particularly work. I do want to point out that Ronnie has changed into a Regina outfit now that the curse is broken. Like, she's wearing um, she's wearing a very Regina overcoat, and she's switched out of her normal punk rock t-shirts into just, like, a, a low-cut purple t-shirt. But she still is doing the scarf thing. I think she's like, you know what? The scarf thing works. Mm. I'm gonna keep doing the scarf thing. But Henry ruins this good time by bursting in and being all, oh no, my family's been kidnapped. And Regina's like, eh, don't worry about it. Regina's like, look, we were already going to kill Wish vs. Rumple because, you know, he killed Sam D and is just generally being a jerk. So 
that's just one more reason for the thing we were already going to do. So just hop on board. Let's go kill him. Yeah. And then Hook reminds us that he actually is Wishverse Hook. So he's like, there's a weird moment where they mention that this Dark One was created with a wish. And Hook has to be like, but he's still a real human being. Because I am also a real human being. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hook, so- uh, Hook pulls his hook out of the evidence bin and is like, all right, I'm going to put my hook on and we're going to go to the Wishverse. Meanwhile, Sabine, I guess, decided to have a plot. Like, it's real late in the game to decide to have a plot, Sabine. <sighs> It's funny because her plot is she doesn't know who she is. And I'm like, yeah, show doesn't know either. She's had two focal point episodes, maybe? I think she's had three. And I remember that in the middle one, I was very angry at how the show did not understand who Tiana was. Hmm. And same thing here. She's she's basically making like hundreds and hundreds of beignets. If you, if you watch this episode, you actually see in her kitchen... She honestly has, like, sacks and sacks of dough. Like, a comical amount of dough. So, the first episode was the one where uh, she decide Where the uh, Mr. Klux burns down and she's trying to start their own food truck business. The second episode was the one with the food truck thing. Uh, where they established the food truck thing and introduced Naveen. Oh, I guess she did only have two episodes. She's been sort of around a lot. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, her issue now is that she has all of these memories of being Sabine, so she doesn't feel like she can go be Queen Tiana, which is funny since in the actual movie, Princess and the Frog, like, she has this background. But as we saw in Once Upon a Time, her background was regal from the beginning back in fake fairy tale land. Anyway, what she actually needs is a man to make her remember that she's a queen. God damn. They really, really, really did Tiana wrong in this season. She's barely in it at all, and... Oh, God. Yeah, it's... This whole thing is just... Uh, yeah, Naveen tells her, look, you can be Tiana, you can be Sabine, we are both, blah, blah, blah. No matter who you are, you're an awesome person, and look, it's really too late to try to pull us into some sort of plot thing, so you're a queen shut up and she's like you're right i am a queen and i should shut up thank you naveen over at the hyperion troll i don't know why they decided to do the jump at the hyperion troll but maybe it's because it's a place of more magic or a more liminal space where it's easier to cross realms for whatever reason weaver has brought henry a looking glass from alice's big hoarder box but the looking glass is cracked, so it might not work. But Henry puts it down on the ground, and it immediately opens a portal, and no one asks any questions about that. They all just jump through. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it immediately brings them to exactly the place where they needed to go. Why would you introduce that plot element? Uh-oh, it's cracked. It might not bring us to the place we need to go. Immediately brings us to the place we need to go. No, actually, uh, Dark Rumple somehow cracked it in the precise way to separate them and send uh, them where he wanted them to be. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I, not so- surprised you missed that. It's really dumb. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had so much trouble paying attention to this episode. Yeah. So the looking glass was cracked in just the right way that Henry and 
Regina showed up one place and Hook and Classic Rumple showed up in another. So we start off with Henry and Regina who are in Rumple's castle, but it's like dark Rumple's castle. It's like the place where we saw him with Belle in earlier seasons, except now there's like skeletons on everything. Spooky, scary skeletons. Yes. And also, also, in uh, in stocks, Peter Pan, who weirdly does not look like he's aged all that much in five years since the last time we saw him. Yeah, and he didn't look like he aged much before that either, so this kid is straight up not aging. I know, this kid's got a portrait in an attic. So this is, I guess, also kind of fan service, except it's sort of unnecessary fan service. I mean... Did anyone like the Peter Pan season? No, no. Listen, I can tell you as as an actual legitimate expert in this. Because whenever I talk to people about doing this podcast, they all tell me one of two things. Oh, or I guess a third thing, which is what's once upon a time. But whatever, we don't care about those people. The two things I hear are, oh, I used to watch that show, but I stopped watching during the Frozen season. Or, oh... I used to watch that show, but I stopped watching during the Peter Pan season. I liked the Frozen season. I think it was the strongest non-first season season they had. The Frozen season, other than the first, is in fact my favorite as well. But, that aside, the point is, a huge percentage of people stopped watching at the Peter Pan season. And yet, somehow, they thought, oh, we should definitely bring Peter Pan back. Because, what everyone really wants to know right now, with two episodes left, is... Okay, but in the Wishverse, what happened with Peter Pan? Okay, wait, you know what? I said that out loud, and then I stopped, and I thought about it, and I do need to know that. You know why I need to know that? Because Wishverse Peter Pan should have got Wishverse Henry. How come Henry wasn't kidnapped by this Peter Pan? Well, I guess now we know, because Rumpel captured him and he was in stocks. What, what happened with Neil? Like... That also really, really matters. Well, I guess the same thing happened because we know uh, from the Wishverse episode that Neil and Emma were married in the Wishverse. Yeah, but how? Apparently he also went to Neverland and then instead of coming back to the world without magic, he came back to Wish Realm. Oh, do you think that maybe when he used the bean, instead of using a bean that would take him to a place without magic, he just use the bean to take him away and it took him to neverland i don't think anyone thought about this for any stretch of time or wait no i guess he could have used the bean to go to a world without magic and then we know that when he went to the world without magic he ended up with wendy and john and michael so that's how he got over to neverland so in the Wishverse, he just stayed in Neverland forever and never made it back to the world without magic. So maybe it's actually Rumpel who rescued him from Neverland? And hooked him up with Emma? No, that's weird. That part would be weird. I mean, maybe he rescued him from Neverland and then he just, like, they had a different falling out and he just left it, you know, again. And then... He captured Peter Pan at that moment. Oh my god, I do care what happened to Peter Pan. I mean, not really. Whatever. Peter Pan's in the stocks, and he's like, Oh, this dark one is darker than any dark one you know. Abandon hope, ye who entered here. He literally says that. Which, 
again, I want to... The, the guy who plays Peter Pan is a good actor. He's oh, yeah, good. it's not his fault that the story is terrible. He's just constantly underserved by the story. Yeah, definitely. So then we see where Weaver and Hook ended up, and they ended up at Rumble's old thatch hut, the place where he lived before he took on the power of the Dark One. What is the point of separating them? Rumple can teleport. I don't know. Well... I mean, is, I... is that your concern? Because let me tell you my concern. My concern is that he's like, oh, this is the site of my ultimate cowardice. And he sees the like hammer that he used to hobble himself so that he wouldn't have to fight as though we, the fans that they are theoretically servicing, don't remember that Rumpel went to war and hobbled himself on the front to escape, not here at his hut. What do you take us for once upon a time? Yeah, if you're going to do fan service, try not sucking at it so much. Not to be overly cruel, but seriously, come on. God, you know what? If, if, if Once Upon a Time was going to drop any plot, I wish they would have dropped the Rumpelstiltskin was a coward plot. Because as you, our dear listeners, know, that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Oh no, he doesn't want to die in a meaningless fight. Yeah, we we have talked this so much. It's just, God. But... But Weaver is like, but now I'm not going to be a coward. I'm going to go fight my dark half. Because I'm not my dark half. You know, whatever. Whatever. And Hook's like, shut up. I know this realm better than you. And I know a place where we can get help. Yeah. Hook's like, hey, it's time for some more fan service. And then they go to Ariel's Cove. And Hook uses the conch shell to call Ariel. And it is, of course, our classic ariel who i have a weird time believing that these two have a good relationship because like didn't wasn't he responsible for something bad happening to her i guess that was a different realm so it doesn't matter that was a different realm and honestly it wasn't his fault even though it was really presented as a terrible thing he did whatever ariel's there she's presumably happy i assume she's with eric and it's weird because obviously they couldn't get her on the day because she's sitting on a rock in front of a green screen and we see her and then in the reverse shot we see Hook and Weaver, but we never see all three of them together. Oh yeah, her her thing seems like it was shot in like an hour, like the actress was sort of on set and they were like, okay, so God, it looks so much, her whole aesthetic looks so much cheaper than it normally does it's weird it's not her it's not her old outfit either her hair is not as red i don't i don't know what's going on it really felt like they called in a favor for the actress and she was like i will give you an hour and that includes makeup that includes thing i will give you an hour hook asks her if she happens to have any squid ink which as we know is the one thing that can incapacitate the dark one for a short period of time Hmm. And she does, but she doesn't get off of her rock. She just throws it to him from her rock because she's not really there. She's in front of a green screen. Yeah, it's it's very obvious that these actors were not interacting at all. Oh. Back with Ronnie and Henry, they're exploring the palace, trying to find where Lucy and Jacinda have been locked up. And Henry's like, 
if the Dark One is hiding Lucy and Jacinda here, why isn't it guarded? Where 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 are the guards? And then Regina sees an empty cage with a giant piece of bloody raw meat in it and is like, oh no, we're going to have to fight some sort of animal. But no, it's Cruella. Cruella DeVille. And you know how much we love Cruella. I love Cruella DeVille. Like, this would be the most effective piece of fan service, and honestly, she is sort of the highlight of the episode. She is the highlight of the episode. It just makes no sense that she's here. It's sort of a dim highlight, too. Like, she hits on Henry, and she's like, she's like, oh, well, maybe I can help you if you let me have a little taste of that man cake you brought with you, Regina. And Regina's like, ew, 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 ew. And then Henry calls her Twisted, which I know is not a reference to the Star Kid musical, in which she briefly appears during the villain song, but I'm going to pretend it is, because it makes me happy. Yeah. Also, speaking of fan service but not getting it right, am I wrong, or do we never actually see her in a Dalmatian coat? In previous seasons, we've seen her. we've only seen her in white fur coats. Yeah, I think we only see her in split black and white fur coats. I don't think we've seen her in a Dalmatian. In this episode, she's actually wearing a Dalmatian fur coat, which she does say later to Henry is Dalmatian fur. Although we do know that in her origin episode, she did kill all of her mother's dogs and make a coat out of them. Yeah, but they, yeah. I don't think we ever actually saw the coat, though. Yeah. I just feel like in Cruella DeVille's arc, they were trying to do something different with her. And now when they brought her back, they want to both pay fan service to people who loved that arc, rightly, because Cruella DeVille is the best pure villain that Once Upon a Time ever had. Mm -hmm. But also, they want to make it accessible for people who only know Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. And let me be clear here. If you are jumping on to Once Upon a Time in Season 7, Episode 21, I think it's fair to expect you to catch up. You know what? I think you just encapsulated my issue with this, which is that you can't both do fan service and also be try to and also try to appeal to newcomers of the show. Look, this is episode 21 of season 7. You already know when you're filming this that you're not doing a season 8. Like the time the time to reach out to people who are just starting is over. And this this is not to gatekeep, by the way. I mean, if anything, we would like our show to be open to people who don't even watch Once Upon a Time. But seriously, seriously, we're in endgame here. So Henry's all like, oh, my chance to do something because I haven't done anything in this season. Hey, you know what Corella? I don't think ever did in the show before this point. What's that? Sword fight. Yeah, I know, right? Henry picks up a sword and, like, Cruella has one and they start sword fighting. And Regina's just watching from the background. And as soon as Henry has her, like, cornered in submission or whatever, Regina just uses her magic to teleport her into a cage. Yeah. Which she... Apparently could have done it any time, but she was like, oh, let Henry have his moment because I'm a good mom. It is pretty great because Henry's like, stand back, mom. I'll take care of this. And then Regina's just awkwardly standing in the background for the whole fight scene. I've started doing a thing, not just with this show, although it's a lot in this show, 
where during the main action of a scene, keep your eye on the extras because there's some really awkward things extras have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So Regina demands that Cruella tell them where Jacinda and Lucy are and Cruella tells them that their mutts are down in the dungeon. So Regina and Henry head down to the dungeon and they find that they find that Jacinda and Lucy have been shrunk and trapped inside of a snow globe. Which, didn't we just have people be shrunk down for no reason two episodes ago? Yeah, I was, uh, last episode even. It's weird, right? Yeah, someone decided to shoehorn that into the plot for no reason. Hmm. Hmm. So, Rumpel shows up and he's like, ha ha. So, Wish vs. Rumpel pops in and he's like, ha ha. I have them, you know, and where's my dagger? He says you tried to cheat the terms of our deal, but I'm pretty sure Henry never made a deal with him. Yeah, like, he told Henry what he wanted, and then he left. You you didn't have a deal. You did not have a meeting of the minds. So, Henry's like, no, because Rumple and Belle and happy endings and... Henry says he's not going to trade Rumple's happy ending for his... Okay, whatever. And Wish First Rumpel makes it start to snow inside of the snow globe, which the actors portraying Jacinda and Lucy make clear is both very cold and also it's going to, like, fill up and then they're going to suffocate on snow, which sounds like a particularly unpleasant way to die. Mm. And Rumpel's like, and Wish First Rumpel's all, look, Get me what I want, or they're going to die. I don't know how I can be more clear about this. In true fairy tale fashion, he tells Henry that he has until midnight. And Regina is trying to use her magic to... Oh. And then Rumple vanishes. Regina is using her magic to try to pop open the globe, but it's not working. Because Rumple has made it clear that only he can break open the snow globe. Oh, geez. If only they had access to someone who has literally his body and power set. Okay, you would think, right? But no, Hook and Weaver show up, and Weaver doesn't seem to think that that's what's actually gonna... Like, that's not even suggested. He's literally the same person. Not only is he literally the same person, I know he hasn't used the Dark One powers and blah, 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 but... He should be more powerful than Wish First Rumple. He has the power of all of the Dark Ones. Oh, yeah. He should absolutely be able to break open that snow globe, and they should be out of there right now. But no, Rumple says he has a plan to kill Wish First Rumple. And Henry's like, no, you're not strong enough, which, as you just pointed out, is ridiculous. And I do actually like hook here which i don't say often Mm. but hook is like okay you don't want rumple to kill the dark one you don't want your mother to use her magic what's your plan big man and henry's like my plan is i'm fucking omnipotent i know i use it like never but i'm fucking omnipotent and i'm going to use that to save my family although to be fair henry's plan is to use the power that he's specifically not supposed to use in this manner So everyone splits off to go do their separate missions. Rumple is going to face his dark self. Uh, Hook is going to look in the library for a spell that will break open the snow globe. And Henry's going to go recover his pen. Also, Regina's going to be looking for magic to help them escape. Because 
she thinks all the other plants are stupid. So, Henry's flipping through books in the library to try to find the location of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's weird he's doing it, like, double, like, it's weird the the film is, like, time and a half to try to make research look exciting. It's a big problem that many shows have. Buffy managed to not make research look exciting, but draw focus, uh, but draw focus to the fact that research is not exciting, but it is a necessary part of life. Yes. So over at Rumpel's cabin, Weaver shows up, waiting for, you know, wish first Rumpel to show up, and of course he does. And Weaver tells wish first Rumpel that he doesn't want the dagger anymore, that he realized that he couldn't give the dagger to the Guardian because that would just be, you know, foisting his problems onto someone else, and that he realized the best thing to do would, would be to give the dagger to wish versus rumple someone who actually wants it so he won't feel like he's cursing him and now he will be rid of the curse and wish versus rumple buys this bullshit this is like even if we didn't know this was a trap it's an obvious trap but he hands the dagger to wish versus rumple and uh-oh the handle is coated at squid ink, and now Wish vs. Rumple is frozen by the squid ink. Yep. I just... And, <laughs> and as good as Weaver has tried to become, at his core, he's still a villain. So he has to monologue at frozen Wish vs. Rumple for a few minutes before he actually stabs him with the dagger, thus killing him and ending all of these problems and before he can actually you know kill him regina comes in and is like what the fuck is going on here which i mean rumple's rumple has the upper hand and is about to kill wish first rumple that's what the fuck is going on here regina what the fuck did you think was going on seriously but she distracts weaver just long enough for the ink to wear off and wish first rumple to get the upper hand back and they both try to force choke each other simultaneously and wish first rumple's like you thought i was honestly after the dagger no that's bullshit do you don't you remember season three the prophecy about the boy who would be our undoing that's still henry and like what a weird thing to bring up after all this time. Yeah, I... But he's going to use Henry to destroy this version of Rumple and... Uh... Also, didn't we already decide that that prophecy referred not to Henry, but to Gideon? Did we? I... I'm pretty sure we did. Whatever. Prophecies are... <laughs> Prophecies are inscrutable and impossible to interpret so they're completely useless i thought the prophecy was fulfilled when rumpelstiltskin sacrificed his own life to stop peter pan or was the prophecy fulfilled when rumpelstiltskin gave up his own life to save neil well that was the same thing stop peter pan save neil yeah yeah and then neil gave up his life to bring rumple back because why, why? i know well, well they needed to they needed the information rumple had to stop uh zelina except for the big thing that zelina had was that she had control over the dark one so uh which she wouldn't have if neil had kept control of the body 
it's just the way you said it, it made it sound like the boy was Peter Pan, but really the boy was Neil. Or maybe it was Peter Pan. No, the the boy was Henry. How was the boy Henry when he sacrificed? I thought the boy was Neil. He sacrificed his life to save Neil. Uh, he sacrificed his life to save everyone. Okay. But the reason he did that was because Henry brought them together. The point is, prophecies are vague. <laughs> the point is, this is a dumb thing to bring back after all this time, but whatever. So, Henry is headed off into the woods to find the sorcerer's apprentice, who he finds with very little trouble. Yeah, it turns out he was less than half a day's ride away. Oh, ooh. See, that's good fan service. Well, we uh, we should we should get onto this train. We should start bringing back all our fan service. Who does he find in the woods but Miss Ginger and the Ironic Archer sharing a bear claw? <laughs> but no, that's not what he finds. Do we have any other? What is time? I I'm running out of our running gags. I, I think that's that's basically all of them. Yeah, and but, and being really thirsty for Lana Puria. Yes, perpetually. But no, he finds the Sorcerer's Apprentice who is not dead in this universe, but is blind. He's not blind. He isn't. I didn't think he was. No, I, I, I didn't think he was blind. I, I, don't, I think he's just here. He's just not dead. Yeah. He tells Henry that there's no author in this realm, and he's not going to give up the pen to anyone except an author. And Henry's like, okay, it's complicated, but I am an author, do whatever test you need to do. And I am an author from another realm, which it's not complicated. That that one sentence you said. Yeah. Well, the author put. Oh, well, the apprentice puts his hand on Henry's heart and like he gets a flash of all of Henry's memories. And he's like, oh, your life is complicated. And also the timeline is real fucked. Yeah. He has this incredibly meta moment where he's basically just talking about the show. Yeah. And then it goes into the, he's like, it could have used a little more romance, though. Blah, blah, blah. Complicated timelines. Blah, blah, blah. Wink to the audience. And also stories are super important because now I am the writer of this show. And I think it's important that we all know how important stories are. Only a true author could weave such an impressive tale. And it's like, oh my god, suck your dick more once upon a time. Ugh. And then, because we're running out of time, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is like, you had the pen the whole time. Just look to your hand. And Henry's like, thanks. And the Sorcerer's Apprentice is all, you haven't written in some time. Remember, your uh, power is meant only to record stories and not change them. And every time an author uh, picks up a pen, he needs to make a choice. Right. I mean, what he's really saying is, I'm reminding the audience that you're not supposed to do the thing you're about to go do. Also, didn't we learn that the pen doesn't really matter, that the power's inside the author? Yeah. Whatever. So, Henry bursts back into the castle because, as is occasionally a thing, the author's pen needs dark savior blood ink. Well, uh, they use Dark Savior blood to make the ink, but I think there's other types of ink. But it does require a special ink. And 
when Isaac was the author and he got into a fight with Cruella DeVille and he threw the ink on her and made her Cruella DeVille, it's what caused her black hair streak and heavy makeup. And Henry knows this, so he goes to Cruella and, like, magically sucks the ink off of her so he has ink. And that's actually a bit of fan service that I found satisfying. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And Cruella's really upset about it for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, she was angry when Isaac did it to her. She's angry now that Henry undid it. Also, that means Isaac existed in this Wishverse realm. Or that, yeah, that he did and that there was a parallel Wishverse realm. It would have to be a different Isaac, though. I... The implications of this are beyond... Yeah, they're beyond the scope of of really any show. So Henry goes to his copy of the book to write down, I guess, Henry saved his family and wish first Rumple fucked the fuck off forever. But he's interrupted by wish first Rumple, who bamps the author's pen into his hand. And then also bamps the snow globe with his family away. And wish first Rumple is like, yeah. <laughs> and Wish First Rumple is like, yes, yeah, sucker. I didn't want the dagger. I wanted the pen. And I knew that you would do this because you're very predictable. And Henry says, I'm not going to write for you. And Rumple says, ah, but this Henry will. You know what that means, Max? Okay. Uh, what does that mean? That means that this Henry has the power or at least can use the power just because his alternate universe version is the author. Which means that there's no reason that Weaver couldn't have broken open the snow globe and they couldn't all be back at Ronnie's having that carb-filled meal right now. So, you know what this really reminded me of? What? Before the Dark Phoenix movie came out, I, I saw the trailers and I was like, okay, you know, I've been disappointed before. Oh, I, I think our listeners need to know in case they don't follow you on other things that you are a huge dark phoenix fan i am i'm a huge fan of the phoenix force uh the dark phoenix saga is one of the greatest things ever written so i went into the movie i i was very vocal about going into the movie with low expectations you know what i don't care what happens in the movie i will be happy if there is a phoenix flare i went in with the lowest amount of expectations you could have and somehow they managed to they managed to meet those expectations in a way that still disappointed me. Yeah, yeah, it was the worst looking, I mean, it was like barely a phoenix flare at the end. Yeah, like you see very, very far in the distance a little firebird, and I'm like, really? Really? You just had it looking like CGI, I'm not getting into it, but <laughs> this is this is pulling on our thing, where we were like, it would be really cool if Wish vs. Henry was the villain of this season. That would have been awesome! That would have been such a cool thing. And they're like, you know what? We're going to do that in the limpest way we could possibly do it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to make Wish vs. Henry be the villain. Except, first of all, we're not going to introduce him until seven minutes from the end of the penultimate episode. Oh, and also, instead of his super cool motivation, which is that he watched Regina kill his family, and then, like, everyone just fucked off to another dimension, which is a great motivation to create a villain. No, instead, his motivation is some girl rejected him and he teamed up with Rumpelstiltskin. 
Yep, it's Incel Henry. I hate this. Hate it. So much. So, Henry's like, I'm fairly confident in me not being a shitty person, and Incel Henry's like, <laughs> no. Uh, none of my wishes ever came true. I was owed a girlfriend that I never got, and so I made a deal with the devil, and he's going to give me what I want in exchange for me giving him what he wants, which is author immortality power or something well okay so he is still worried about weaver destroying the dagger but instead of getting a hold of the dagger he figured the best thing to do would be to have the author destroy the guardian yes i'm sorry i i can't believe i forgot that it's just this episode is like water off a duck's back yes so incel henry writes alice's uh guardian powers out of existence yeah, I mean, what does he write? The author the author changing history sentences have always been particularly bad because they don't care about plot. It's just like, and then they left the planet for no... <laughs> for, for no, no reason. reason. So, I do... And what, what draws this... So, so, everyone else shows up into the room... As Henry is preparing, as Incel Henry is preparing to write Alice's guardian powers out of existence. Yeah, let me uh, let me play a little clip of that. Oh God, Henry! Your Majesty, it's been a while since you killed my grandparents with your bare hands. Back to try and finish off the family. Oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't such pain, such anger. I'm riveted. Aren't you riveted? No, Rumple. No, I'm not riveted. Well, the thing is, I would be riveted if that was the plot. God like, damn it. It's like, they're, they're like, oh, it's like a particular, this this season in general, and this episode in particular, is like a particularly bad lover. And you're just like, just, just a little bit to the left. To, to my left. Oh my god, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And then we go read fan fiction, which is the yes. fictional equivalent of that. Of masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you put it that way, it sounds like I'm mocking fan fiction, but I'm not. Both masturbation and fanfiction are glorious things. Hmm. So, also, I I think we didn't mention that Incel Henry has this weird affectation he uses. Well, he's got the princely accent because he was raised a prince. Okay. Anyway, everyone else who's just shown up is like, wait, why does he have the pen? And adult Henry is like, sorry, guys, that's me. I fucked up. And... Rumpel tells Wish First Henry, he's like, hey, this is going to go badly for you. He's me, so don't trust him. Trust me about not trusting him. And Henry's like, what? And Weaver's like, wait, there's a loophole. We can find you a loophole. And Henry's like, I don't want a loophole. I want to do it and get a reward. So Wish First Rumpel's like, you're never going to see Belle ever again. And Henry runs over to other Henry and he's like, you know, this isn't the way this sort of thing's supposed to work. And Incel Henry's like, eh, fuck you, old man. And he writes that, that 
he writes, the powers of the Guardian are no more. And it's funny because the look on Wish vs. Henry's face, even Wish vs. Henry's like, all right, so we're done here, right? That Was that easy? Okay, done. And Wish vs. Rumpel's like, well written, which not really, but... Eh. There's like a flash of light so we know that that happened and this whole Guardian plot has been negated. Then he teleports everyone out of the room except for Regina. Because Regina has business with Wish vs. Henry. Yeah, it turns out that the thing that Wish vs. Henry wanted, in addition to, like, a sexy girlfriend, was to be able to fight Regina since she killed... His grandparents and made his mom disappear. Right. Which, right. yes, this should have been the plot. <sighs> it's weird how in, I don't know, the seven minutes that we have in Cell Henry... His secondary motivation is clearer and stronger than anyone else's villain motivation all season. I mean, it should have been the villain motivation this season. Whatever. Back in Hyperion Heights, Alice and Robin Jr. are looking for an apartment in Hyperion Heights because, as as you said, they have to, like, avoid their other selves for however many years. And then Tilly has a feeling she has her her spidey sense tingles and she knows that her father is in danger because their poisoned hearts are connected and they need to get to the wish realm and okay so i legitimately thought that the subplot was a lot more of the episode i know i felt like it was more of the episode too but we've only got three minutes left like, I thought it was sprinkled out throughout the whole episode, but no, it's like two minutes at the beginning and three minutes at the end. Yeah, Tilly and Margot go over to Sabine's apartment and they're like, hey, we need to go to the Wishverse right now and save everyone and you're the queen, so tell us how to do that. You need to queen us up some magic. And Sabine's like, I don't know if I can. And they're like, shut up and do it. And she's like, oh, I guess I can. So she calls everyone together for a speechy speech, but no one's listening to her. First, she puts on a red overcoat because she's a queen. Why did everyone show up to not listen to her? I know, right? Well, she brought the food truck. Maybe they thought she was just going to give them free beignets. But luckily, a man is here to tell everyone to listen to her. Yeah, no one's listening to her speech until Naveen is like, Hey, someone is talking. Pay attention to your queen. And she gives a very pale version of the horrible speech that went on forever at the beginning of the season. Oh, see, I thought this was supposed to call back to Henry's speech at the... At the fountain in New York? Yeah. Yeah. It's her being like, we're a family and we're a community and we're a kingdom and we all have to work together to maintain the magic in the world. So if any of you has a magic bean or whatever, give it to me. Yeah. And Remy's like, I have a magic bean. And she's like, neat. Oh, this is the other part. Other than his weird sniffing, this is the other part where they confirmed that he's Remy from Ratatouille. Because he's like, I was making a cassoulet. And one of the beans was a magic bean. So I saved it in case of emergency. Which is a weird reason to have a magic bean, y'all. But fine. Whatever. There's only two minutes left in the episode. We'll take it. So he hands Sabine the magic bean and Tilly and Alice... And Alice and Robin are like, so do you want to come with us to save, you know... Everyone? 
And all the all the characters that matter. And Sabine's like, I had like four minutes of screen time. I think that'll about do it for me. Yeah, she says she has to stay here and be a queen to all the unnamed extras. Which, again, like you were saying, maybe this show would feel more lived in if they were named and we knew who they were and we cared about them. But that doesn't matter. There's only two minutes left and we're going to spend those two minutes with Alice and Robin getting into Sabine's food truck, which she has lent them. And using the magic bean to go not to the wish first, but to the place they have to go first to gather the troops. And that is Storybrooke. And this episode ends on the now entering Storybrooke sign. You know, this episode is so fucked up. It ends on the highway sign that says entering Storybrooke. When it obviously should have ended on the town sign that Emma crashed into in the first episode that said, Welcome to Storybrooke. What is, you know, the the namesake of our whole podcast. Not because that's the namesake of our podcast, but because that is the thing that is significant to this show. It's fan service, but bad. It's terrible. It's terrible fan service. So... That, that'll about do it for this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's a two-parter, so next week we'll talk about the second part, which we haven't watched yet, by the way. So this is all we know right now. And the, the second half is called Leaving Storybrooke. And the Netflix description says, Familiar faces return for the final chapter as Alice and Robin seek out help in Storybrooke, and Rumpel's dark plan is fully revealed. Which means... I don't think I've been this uninvested in a season finale in so long. And it's the series finale, so... We should be, like, doubly invested. But this one was so rough. And it really, really drew attention to the fact that nothing that happened this season mattered. I, I know. When they got into the van and they were like, we need to pick up reinforcements, you were like, oh, are they going to bring back Ivy? Ha! Yeah, I, I thought they were going to bring back Ivy and Anastasia. I don't know, but... I mean, if you just watched this episode, if you just jumped on here, you would not know that the Wicked Stepmother was set up to be the main villain of this season, or that it turned out that Mother Gothel actually was the main villain of the season, or that there was a weird interperiod where they were acting like Hansel from Hansel and Gretel was going to be the main villain. You could legitimately jump from the last episode of last season to the second to last episode of this season and not miss anything. Yeah, nothing that happened this season mattered. Nothing matters. What is time? I don't know. But come back next week and we'll have our our final episode where we talk about the final episode yes the final episode of once upon a time so did you have any recommendations no let's not do any of that this week all right so that'll about do it yeah wow our show is partially listener supported if you want to be one of those supporters or get a jump on supporting welcome to hollowell manor or welcome to the uncharted territories you can head over to our website www.ilovetelevisionzines.com and click on our patreon link we like to thank our current five dollar and above patrons beryl patricia sam cassidy alex alicia ryan maracruz rosa javier and benjamin if you'd like to support the show in other ways 
you can always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or television in general, head over to our Facebook page, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrook. Take me home.